Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, good morning, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here coming to you live on Saturday, December 30th for our time of Scripture. You see we have a somewhat different set here this morning because I'm taping today some courses for Catholic Online. Uh, you know, they have a school. You can look it up on Catholic Online. Uh, Catholic.org is the main website. CatholicOnline.school is the school. And I did a course for them on abortion and Scripture, and now I'm taping a course today on abortion uh, and the pro-life commitment uh, being connected to the Eucharist, and uh, you're going to like that once uh, once it's all completed and posted. So great to be with you. We're going to look at today's first reading, and uh, we'll be live today and tomorrow and New Year's Day. So I hope you'll be with me live all three of these days at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, and then we will continue, of course, after that during the week. A lot of times I have to pre-tape these because of my travel and other, uh, other commitments here with Priests for Life. Let's turn to the Lord together in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, as we prepare to conclude one year and begin another, we thank you for the gift of life, which you give us in segments of days and years, in which we return to you by faithful service. Bless us as we ponder your word. Enable us now, Lord, and every day to understand it more deeply, to live it more faithfully, and to proclaim it more effectively. We ask this through the one who is the word made flesh, born for us at Christmas, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. John. I am writing to you, children, because your sins have been forgiven for His name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know Him who is the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have conquered the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know Him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God remains in you, and you have conquered the evil one. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, sensual lust, enticement for the eyes, and a pretentious life, is not from the Father but is from the world. Yet the world and its enticement are passing away. But whoever does the will of God remains forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we see in the scriptures this contrast between the passing nature of everything around us and of life itself, and the enduring nature of the Word of God. What does that remind you of in the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus saying you have to build your house on solid foundation, which is hearing the Word and doing it. 
because the winds and the waves are going to come and buffet against the house. That's a, that represents the fact that life passes away. It's the same thing with Jesus parable on the man who built all the big barns you know oh, I have plenty for years to come relax eat drink and be merry and the man is told tonight your life will be required of you grow rich Jesus said in the things that pertain to God because those things you can take with you can't take with you any of your possessions sensual pleasures or 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 the fleeting successes of this life but you can take with you your fidelity to the, to the will and word of God. You know, in the coronation ceremony of a pope, and now it's more called an installation than a, than a coronation, there used to be a, a part of the ceremony that, that I, I, I thought was, was very, very wise. I think it should remain. And, uh, you know, because the pope, I mean, sometimes people talk about, they've talked about it in regard to me. They say, oh, be careful of celebrity priests, you know. Well, you listen, there's plenty of them. And um, first of among which is the pope. I mean, your bishop in your diocese is a celebrity priest, is he not? And uh, so, at least within that diocese. So, there's a lot of, you know, earthly celebrity attached to these positions that, 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 that many, many of us have. And so in the, in the, in the installation of the Pope, there was a, a moment in the ceremony where a little um, urn of, uh, of flame was brought before the Holy Father and some flax, which burns up instantly, was put onto the flame. And it burned up instantly before the eyes of the, of the new Pope. And the deacon holding the urn would say to the Holy Father, Pater Sancte, sic transit gloria mundi. And he said it three times. Holy Father, thus passes away the glory of the world. Sic transit gloria mundi. In a puff, in an instant. All the praise, all the applause all the worldly acknowledgement, all the possessions, all the privileges, all the power, all the positions, go away in a breath, in a moment. It's wisdom to always have that before our eyes. And John is saying that in the first reading today. Don't love the world or the things of the world because it's all passing away. It's very persuasive, it's very enticing when it's right there in front of you, but boom, like that, it goes away. And he tells us here, and Christian theology and spirituality has unpacked this for centuries, the three basic temptations, or you might say they're categories of temptations that face us in life. And, you know, they're translated various ways, but we can call them the lust of the eyes, well, the lust of the flesh first, Okay, the lust of the eyes, John mentions these three, they're part of the Word of God, and the pride of life. Okay, so these are three basic types or categories of temptation. What do they mean? This particular version of Scripture that we read calls this first one sensual lust, and, and that's what we're talking about. The flesh, not technically in the sense of body versus spirit, but rather of corruption 
versus spirit. The, the lust of the, of the flesh being that, you know, we tend to, uh, we tend to be attracted by sensual pleasures, and we're talking about all the senses, and they can easily get us off the track of the Word of God. Now, first of all, the word lust, it's not just referring to, to sexual lust. It's coming from um, a Greek term that literally means to be hot after something. Uh, you, 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 it, it, it's something that you have um, too much of a desire for. Too much of a desire for. And so lust of the flesh, uh, we, you know, we all enjoy things, beautiful sights, beautiful sounds, beautiful, good food, right? I, we're like, we all like ice cream, or just about all of us. But we can end up liking these things too much. And we all know what it means when people go overboard in their, in their uh, enjoyment of certain sensual pleasures. Take human sexuality. It, it, sexual intimacy is supposed to be pleasurable. God made it such so that the species would continue to reproduce. That doesn't mean we can just go using it in whatever way we want. We each have a vocation, and, and, and sexual pleasure always has to be integrated into whatever one's vocation is. So if one is called to the vocation of marriage, well then, you have marriage between one man and one woman, and even there, uh, the, 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 the sexual intimacy that you can have with your spouse is, has boundaries, right? Has moral boundaries, even within a valid marriage. So the lust of the flesh means you're, you're, you're living a life it's dominated by sensual pleasure. Your decisions are shaped just by that. You're going after food in a gluttonous way. You're a slave to, to pleasure more than to morality. Uh, possessions, you're, you're, you use possessions selfishly. It's just for you, you, you. Let me get more. Let me get more. Let me use it just for myself. Instead of maybe thinking about using those possessions to serve the poor and to help your neighbor or to uh, do donate to the church or those who are doing the work of God, that's the lust of the flesh. Okay, the lust of the eyes. You know, you have entire um, channels now on the long list of hundreds of cable stations where, you know, the whole thing is lust of the eyes. I mean, not that in and of itself these programs are bad, but I'm talking about the programs where, you know, they're, they're, they're showing you, you know, all these different pieces of jewelry, you know, oh, look at this, this is the latest things we have, and you can just see some people, you know, are sitting there saying, as soon as they see it, oh, I have to have that, oh, I need to get that, or they, or they see a new, a, a new car, and oh, I, of course I have to get that, I have to get it. As soon as the eye sees it, it's like their desire, again, lust meaning inordinate desire, as soon as they see it, their desire is leading them to it, and it's like, okay, Look, now understand what we're saying. Understand this carefully. Virtue does not mean we shut all of this off. Virtue is in the middle. It's a middle course. Because being able to see things that are pleasurable is part of God's will. That's why he made us this way. We have to be careful that we don't adopt a spirituality or try to follow it because we'll only get frustrated. That, that makes us not human. That makes us, I don't know, not want to have any sensual pleasure at all. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Or, or, or that we don't see something and want it. 
No, we're not saying that we shut that off or that we suppress that. We're saying that we submit it. It's, look at these two words. There's a difference between suppress and submit. You don't want to suppress your senses or the pleasure that you get, but you want to always submit it to the Holy Spirit and the will of God, the Word of God, and your vocation. And the service that you can, we could add the word service here, the service that you're, you're called to give every day to God and neighbor, according to your vocation. So, I mean, we just had Christmas, and we're still in the Christmas season, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed your presents, and hopefully you, you, know, you saw things, and you say, oh, I kind of have to get that for such and such, so-and-so will, will like that. So the ability to see something and sort of get excited about it and to smile and to feel good and say, oh, isn't that great? And then to let that desire lead you to get that in and of itself isn't bad. We just don't want it to be inordinate. We just don't want it to have the last word all the time. That's the idea. And then the third thing, the pride of life. All right, so this is, the, this is where, like I said before in that example of what used to be in the papal ceremony with the burning of the flax, Listen, the applause of the world goes away. Remember what Jesus said about, blessed are you when they persecute you, slander you, utter all kinds of, of evil against you on my account falsely. Be glad and rejoice. Leap for joy. Your reward is great in heaven. But woe to those, Jesus said, who are always getting praised. Because that's what happened with the false prophets. Woe to you when all speak well of you. So did they do to the false prophets. That goes away. The pride of life is, well, like Jesus also said, you know, those who like to pray in the front seats of the synagogues or in public so that they may be seen. Those who want to give alms so that they might be praised. It's that inordinate, again, inordinate, desire for praise and applause. For social status, the pride of life. This is the person, they always want to be the first in the crowd. They always want to appear to be the smartest guy in the room. You tell them that you made a trip from one state to another and they got to go one up and talk about their trip over to, the, uh, to Europe. Uh, you say that you have no money in the bank. They have to tell you they have all the money in the world. It's the bragging kind of self-centered, this is more spiritual kind of temptation than these other two, right? These are about materialism and sensual pleasure. This is more about me, me, me. Look how great I am. That's the pride of life. Okay, so we all know, we all experience, we all commit to one extent or another these kinds of sins. But it's a great summary for us. And interestingly, this reading comes in the Christmas octave. We're in the octave of Christmas. New Year's Day is the, is the, is the one week after Christmas. It's the, the summation of the octave. Why does this reading come now? Because John is reflecting with us about the incarnation. Obviously, if the Word became flesh, then it's not that we're saying material things are, are evil. Then why would God jump into them, right? Why would, if the body were evil in and of itself, why in the world would God make one for himself? We're reflecting on this in the incarnation because Jesus become flesh takes the flesh up into God. 
that's why this reading and this lesson about these temptations comes at this time of the year because the Word became flesh not to make us into angels. I Listen, all due respect to the angels. I don't want to be one. I'm a human being. I want my body. I want my body forever. My body is part of me. It's not a possession I have. It's me. And so you and I, we should all feel the same way. God made us human. But we're also spirit. We have a spiritual soul. And for us, the challenge is this a challenge the angels don't have. You see, the angels, in their time of testing, this was the temptation. They didn't care about this stuff. Angels don't care about that other stuff. But the pride of life, ah, that was Lucifer's mistake. I will be like God. You know? And Michael fought back, said, the word Michael means who's like God. That's why the archangel Michael, right, going into battle. What kind of battle? Battle against the pride of life. Battle against pro-choice. My choice is all that counts. I write my own commandments. I'm my own God. That's why we pray to St. Michael. It's all about counteracting this myth of pro-choice. But brothers and sisters, the point is that in the Incarnation, all of this humanity that we have is taken up into God, merged with the Spirit, and we are set on a path of new life and virtue. We always have to fight against these things. But in Jesus Christ, we have, we have the victory. Brothers and sisters, let's continue to have a Merry Christmas. Let's continue to unpack, open up our Christmas gift, which is Jesus and the new life we have in Him. Let us indeed have victory over the temptations that are part of life. Let us indeed rejoice that we are on the path of salvation. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you immensely for the victories that we have had over temptation. And we thank you immensely for the repentance that you have given us when we have fallen and then have experienced your wonderful forgiveness and your renewal of our lives, lifting us up, enabling us to begin again. Thank you, Father. We pray for all who are joining us now, all their needs and, and intentions. We pray, Lord God, for those who have temptations they feel they cannot overcome. Give them new victory in your spirit. We pray for those who need wisdom, discernment. Give them right decisions and light for their path. We pray, Lord, for those who need consolation and sorrow. We pray, Lord, for those for whom things are going well, that they might always ascribe the glory to you. We pray now, summarizing all our intentions in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, thanks, friends, for joining me again. We'll be live again tomorrow and Monday, New Year's Day. I hope you're going to have a great celebration welcoming the new year. And don't forget to make some kind of New Year's resolution. Uh, it, is a, uh, it is a good practice and really very much in conformity with Christian spirituality and the way that we have to live every day making one step closer because either we're getting closer to God by our daily decisions or we're getting farther away. Remember, there's no standing still. So each year is either bringing us closer to Him or farther away. And that's why it's good to make a resolution to be sure that 2024 is a year that's going to bring us closer. We'll talk to you more tomorrow. Meanwhile, stay connected with me on all those social media platforms. And uh, let me just put it here as a reminder. The address is at FR Frank Pavone. And we'll see you there on the various platforms, some of which you're using right now for this program. Talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that. And today, I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.